Good morning. Look, boys and girls, Jim's back. <laughs> oh, gosh. You never know what to expect here, I tell you. <laughs> Thank you, Mary, I think. <laughs> yes, I'm back uh, and glad to be back. Thank you uh, so much for that wonderful welcome. And, uh, and, and thank you for the opportunity to get away for a little while and uh, re-energize, refresh our batteries a little bit. But it's great to be back home with you folks again as well. So uh, we're glad for that. Welcome to everyone. Uh, we're glad that you're here to worship God together. And we hope God will bless you in a very special way as we worship the Lord this morning. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and we're glad, we're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship the Lord together. And I'd like to ask everyone, if you would, to uh, take the attendance sheets on each row and uh, fill those out. Put your name and address and telephone number. And uh, if you'd like to receive our email newsletter, please be sure to put your email address on there. Uh, it's a great way to keep up with what's going on here at Community Baptist Church. Speaking of what's going on here at Community Baptist Church, um, we have several things that are going on that I'd like to call to your attention today. First of all, our youth will be uh, leaving shortly. Uh, um, when are y'all leaving exactly? Next Monday? Next Monday uh, for uh, our uh, annual um, retreat to uh, Panama City, and they're looking for prayer partners. Uh, so, Mary, would you like to share something about this? Um, last week we talked about pairing um, the teenagers and the adults, the sponsors, going to Panama City with a prayer partner here, and, and that involves if you would um, create a, a box of goodies and fun stuff. Um, you know, a trip to the Dollar Tree can get you a shoebox full of fun stuff. Um, but a, a note of encouragement and support um, and prayer for your prayer partner to go in that box so that they can open that note every day. Um, so that will be five Monday through Friday. Um, and if you would do that, uh, I still have need for three. Um, so if you would like to do that, just see me. Thank you. That's a, uh, that's a, a valuable uh, thing for us to do. I, I remember some of the mission trips that I've been on, and uh, we've done that. And there would be a little envelope with a, a prayer for each day. And, and I always anticipate that envelope. You know, I wonder what, what the, what's the prayer going to be for today. And, and it, it took all I had not to just open them up ahead of time and read them all. But, but it's, uh, the anticipation is good as well, and, and it's good to have this time of prayer. Uh, this Wednesday, we will be having our, our Wednesday program. We'll be having a, a light dinner on Wednesday evening and our Bible study at, at, at 630. Uh, we are also planning a baseball outing to uh, Bush Stadium on August the 16th. And I think there's a sign-up sheet on the, uh, on the t welcome table down here. And uh, I guess the canoeing trip is still on in July the 11th. It's not? Okay. So never mind. <laughs> I won't announce that then. Um, and, and, but just a couple of other things. We will not be having church council today. Uh, we probably should have one in the next uh, week or so, but I just got back in town. Let me get my feet up under me again for, for a few minutes here before we do that. Uh, so we're no church council today, but we will be having an upward meeting, upward basketball and cheerleading meeting today. And so if you're interested in participating in any way in our up, upward basketball and cheerleading, uh, please be here at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, it is great to be here. We're doing lots even during the summertime here, and, uh, and we're glad for that. And we're glad to be here to worship God together uh, as God's family. Let me invite you now to stand and let's greet each other in the name of the Lord and share the love of Christ.
Welcome, everybody. I just want to mention one thing. Tomorrow's John's birthday, and it's good to have him back up here playing with us. So join in with us on Open the Eyes of My Heart.
Yeah. 
Wow, isn't that nice? And how about that picking? John, I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> and, and happy birthday. And uh, we have another birthday today also. Dorothy Parker's birthday is today. So happy birthday, Dorothy. John's tomorrow. Join me, if you would, in our responsive reading for today, titled, Come to God. Come, everyone who is fallen and fractured. Come, everyone who is wandering and wondering. Come, everyone who is lost and lonely. Then hear the good news. God is a forgiving God. God's mighty throne is a mercy seat. In God's hands are justice and love. And those are the very hands that made you. Then come, all of you, bind your broken hearts together. Bind your spirits with those fellow spirits around you and come now to God. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is John 14, 1-14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may also be. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one come to the Father except through me. If you know me, and you, know, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father. Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe that me, that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these, because I'm, I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. So if you will stand with me as we sing the first, second, and last verse of Come Thou Almighty King.
Everybody but the children may be seated. The children will join Lisa up here. Thanks. Now you can play that music. Just three. Three lovely ladies. Well, good morning. Today we're going to talk about happiness because it's summertime and we all want to be happy this summer. When we talk about being happy, we talk about being not sad, but pleasant and happy and really having a good time. So I want to hear from you all. What are some things that make you happy? school made us happy. What about you? What made you happy? Playing on an iPad. She likes the iPad. Makes her happy. iPad makes me happy too sometimes. Sarah, what makes you happy? Being nice. Oh, that's good. That's good. Being nice makes um, everybody happy. If you're nice to people, that makes them happy too. It makes them feel good. Because happiness is contagious. Do we know what contagious means? What's it mean? Mm-hmm. You can share it. And if you're happy, then even if other people are having a really bad day and you're happy and you smile at them and you're nice to them, then it makes them happy too. Now I have a little picture that you can see, and I want to ask you about this little picture. It has another little girl. And can you read that to me? Do you know what? To be happy, you must be your own sunshine. Now, what, what do you all think that might mean? What do you think? To be nice. To be nice. Like we were talking about earlier, if you're your own sunshine, it makes you happy. If you think your own pleasant thoughts, you know, if you... You can't count on other people a lot of times to be to make you happy. You have to find that happiness from within. And I think that's what we're going to talk about today. I think that's what Dr. Tim's going to talk about today is how you, if you're happy yourself, you can make other people happy, and you need to find happiness within yourselves. So I want you all to, this is summertime, and I want you to spend the summer being happy and making other people happy and making that happiness contagious. Can we pray? God, thank you for summertime and our children, that their families find happiness in them and that the church finds happiness in these children. Thank you for the day. Thank you for the service. And God bless everyone and have a wonderful service and a wonderful day. Amen. Thank you. Stand with me.
pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for all the blessings you give us each and every day. We're thankful that we know you are always with us. Even in the times that are difficult, you give us the strength to meet each day. Most of all, we are thankful that you sent your Son to die for our sins so that we may spend eternity in your presence in the place that has been prepared for us. We ask that you bless our tithes and offerings this morning and help us to use them to spread the word of your love and to those who are in need of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a um, silly little story about uh, a couple on their honeymoon. They were staying at the famous Watergate Hotel. And, of course, Watergate is notorious for the shenanigans that took place there during the Nixon administration. And remembering what had happened, the bride became a little bit concerned. And she asked, what if this place is still bugged? So the groom said, that's a good point. I'll, I'll go and check and see if I can find anything. So he looked behind the curtains and he, he looked behind the drapes. He looked behind the pictures and, and under the rug. Aha, he shouted. Sure enough, underneath the rug, he found a, a small metal disc with four screws in it. So he got out his Swiss Army knife and he unscrewed the screws and threw the screws and the disc and everything out the window. Thought everything was okay. Well, the next morning, the hotel manager asked the couple, how was your room? How was, your, how was the service? How was your stay in the Watergate Hotel? And the groom became a little bit curious, and he asked, why are you asking me all of these questions? And the hotel manager said, well, the room underneath yours complained about the chandelier falling on them. It's a dumb story, I know, but, but it does illustrate the fact that, that fear can make us do some, some pretty ridiculous things. In fact, as we've noted before, fear is at the base of many of our problems. Jesus says in our lesson for today, do not let your hearts be troubled. He could just have as easily have said, do not let them be afraid. And as, as a matter of fact, he 
combines those on, in a num- on a number of occasions. Do not, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. So let me ask you something. Have you ever known someone with a troubled heart? Obviously, this young couple staying at the Watergate Hotel had, a, had troubled hearts. They were afraid that their room was bugged, and they went to extraordinary measures to calm their fears, much to the chagrin of the people staying underneath them. But it's kind of like the, the patient in, in the mental hospital who was holding his ear up to the wall, listening very intently. And when the attendant approached, the, the patient whispered, shh, and beckoned him over. And so the attendant came over and pressed his ear to the wall as well and, and listened for a long time. And finally said, he said, I don't hear a thing. And the patient said, I know it's been like that all day. <laughs> Charles Schultz, the creator of the Peanuts cartoon, once said, sometimes you lie in bed at night and you don't have a single thing to worry about. And then he added, that worries me. Troubled hearts. Troubled hearts. Sarah Van Gelder, in her her book titled Real Wealth, said the United States is among the wealthiest countries in the world, and yet it is filled with people, both rich and poor, who are anxious about their future and who feel that they don't have enough. Are you among those people who are anxious about your future and are fearful that you don't have enough? Well, Jesus has some very good advice for you this morning. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Boy, wouldn't that be wonderful? If I were to ask you to describe a troubled heart today, what are some words that you would use? Fearful, angry, envious, stressed out, bitter. You know, the list could go on and on because a heart could be troubled about many different things. But, but you know something? My, my guess is that most of our troubles can be boiled down to one word, fear. I mean, think about it. What is envy? Isn't it just the fear that we don't measure up because we don't have something that someone else has? And what's greed? Isn't it just the fear that we have that what we have is, is not enough and that somehow we're not complete? Do you see what I'm saying here? Do you see that many of our basic problems can be traced to our fear, our insecurities? And think about how many times God tells us in the Bible, do not be afraid. And that's what he's telling us here in our passage for today. Don't let your hearts be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in me. There's a story about Caesar Augustus who was a man who, was, who truly had a troubled heart for a variety of reasons. His empire was continually at At war, intrigue stalked the halls of his government. Kind of sounds like our country today, doesn't it? But Augustus heard about a man in Rome who was deeply in debt, and yet in spite of his financial woes, this man slept peacefully every night. And Augustus was so impressed about this. He was impressed when he heard about this man who was heavily in debt, and yet he slept peacefully every night. And so he he went to this man... And he offered to buy his bed. Now think about that. Augustus thought that he would sleep better at night if he could just change beds. I've known people like that, haven't you? My life would be so much better if I just changed jobs. My life would be so much better if I just moved on to a new community. My life would be so much better if I had a different spouse. But usually they find out that nothing really changes. And the reason why is this. Listen to this, folks. Happiness is an inside job. My friends, there is nothing that you can do on the outside that can ease a troubled heart. It's only from within that we can get the help that we need 
And that is true whether we are the head of a mighty empire or simply an average person trying to come to grips with an unhappy life. Now, of course, there some of us have some legitimate problems, and, and including legitimate fears about our health and our family and our future. But there are others who are, who are just troubled beyond what we need to be troubled about. And we need to open ourselves up to the great physician. We need to ask God to change our attitude towards life. Jesus said to his followers, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I want to give you a very simple formula for easing a troubled heart this morning. And these are, all of these are, are teachings that are contained in Jesus' teachings. And they are very simple, but they're also very powerful. Three things. First of all, ask God for a new perspective. You know, many of us are blessed beyond our wildest dreams, and yet we still have no peace. We could... If we could just step back and look at our lives through the eyes of faith, we could see things so much more clearly. Webb Garrison once told about a, a minister who stopped at a cafeteria for lunch one day, and the food was delicious, but he didn't have much of an appetite. You see, he was angry over something that had happened earlier that day. He had been refused an honorary membership in the local country club. Now, there was a time, especially in small towns, when this courtesy was often extended to pastors. And, but this pastor was turned down, and the pastor thought, well, obviously the people here don't appreciate me very much. And he hated the idea of having to pay green fees every time he played golf. So he's angry. But then he got up and he walked back to his car. And as he was walking back to his car, he saw a man in the parking lot, who was obviously homeless. And this man had some real problems physically. His right arm was missing from the elbow down. His right foot was twisted 90 degrees to the side and it was sheathed within, in three or four layers of casing. His right eye was grotesquely out of line. His left leg which apparently ended somewhere near the knee, terminated in a homemade peg leg tipped with metal. And suddenly this good pastor's concerns came into startling perspective. Here he was tied up in knots over a little snub. Here he was worried about having to pay green fees and what this poor man would give to worry about things like that. Jesus said, don't be like the heathen. They take pride in all of these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well what you truly need and will give it to you. My friends, you and I need to take a step back from time to time. We need to take a deep breath and we need to ask ourselves if the things that we are so worried about really deserve that much of our time and attention. A lot of times it doesn't. It reminds me of something that baseball great Tug McGraw once said. You see, Tug, he had a wonderful philosophy of pitching. He called it his frozen snowball theory. He said, if I come in to pitch and the bases are loaded and, the, and there's a heavy hitter like Willie Stargell that coming up to bat, there's no reason I want to throw the ball. But eventually I have to pitch. And so I remind myself that in a few billion years, the earth will become like a frozen snowball hurtling, hurtling itself through space. And nobody's really going to care what Willie Stargell did with the bases loaded. That's pretty good philosophy, isn't it? Nobody's going to care. It might seem like a terrible problem at the time, but a billion years from now, nobody's going to care. Probably next year or next week, nobody's going to care. So if you have a troubled heart, pray that God will give you a new perspective, an eternal perspective about your life. It'll change things. Now let me suggest something else while we're at it. 
Ask God for patience. That's the second thing. Ask God for patience. You know, sometimes if you'll just be patient, problems will take care of themselves. Motivational speaker Zig Ziglar told about his friend Fred Smith, who describes himself as a professional worrier. And by that, he meant, he meant that an amateur worrier will take his worries to, and go to bed. And he said, if you go to bed with your worries, you run the risk of falling asleep. And when you wake up, you've lost your standing as a true worrier. He says, nobody who sleeps can qualify as a real worrier. But as a professional worrier, Fred said, if he got into bed and he discovered that he had something to, to worry about, he'd get up and he'd go sit in a rocking chair. Rocking chair. And he'd make himself a cup of coffee, and he'd sit there, and he'd rock and worry and drink coffee. And eventually he might go back to bed, but he wouldn't go there to sleep. He would go there to spend his hours doing what he called perking. He'd just lie there and perk. You've done that, haven't you? Brewing new worries over and over in our minds. Kind of like a coffee pot brewing coffee. But then one day he figured out what was troubling him. His real problem was that, that deep down inside, he felt that he had a job that he didn't deserve. In his heart, he believed that he wasn't qualified for the job he had. And he started worrying about losing that job. Someone has called this the, the imposter syndrome. You don't have it all together as much as people might think you do. And you're afraid that one day they'll find out. So you make yourself miserable. So one day Fred had a conversation with, him, with himself. And he said, Fred, when do you do your best work? And he answered himself and said, when I'm not worried. And then he said, well, if you can't hold on to your job when you're not worrying, then how can you hold on to your job when you are worrying? And so he ended up writing three little words on the inside of his skull. He said that if somebody ever did a craniotomy on him, he, they would find these three little words on the inside of his skull. And those words were, wait to worry. Wait to worry. You see, he discovered that he was worrying about things before he had all the facts. And so he decided that he would wait to worry. And as soon as he had all the facts, he would have the information that he needed to work out a plan. And, and he decided that if you have a plan, that you, then you don't really need, you really don't have anything to worry about. So he stopped worrying. It's pretty good advice. Sometimes if you'll just wait, problems will take care of themselves. J. Arthur Rank had a system for doing that. He was one of the early pioneers of, in the film industry in Great Britain. He was also a, a very devout Christian. And he discovered that in, in the hustle and bustle of the business that he just couldn't push all of his worries completely out of his mind. He would think he would push that away and it'd come back. It'd always slip back in. And so finally he made a pact with God and he said, I'm going to limit my worrying to Wednesdays. <laughs> I'm not going to worry any other day. I'm only going to worry on Wednesdays. And he even made himself a little Wednesday worry box. And throughout the week... Whenever he had some worry that cropped up, he'd write it down on a piece of paper and he'd drop it in his Wednesday worry box. You know what happened? When Wednesday rolled around, he'd open that box and look at the worries that he'd had during the week and he'd discover that only about a third of them that he'd written down are still worth worrying about. All the rest are taking care of themselves. So folks, if you have a troubled heart, ask God to give you a new perspective on life. And ask God to give you patience so that you don't jump ahead and worry about problems that may not even ever occur. But finally, one more thing. And most important of all, ask God for more faith. Because faith in God is the best remedy for all of our problems. Jesus put it, put it pretty plainly. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. The real reason that many of us have troubled hearts is that we don't really trust God. Maybe we're not certain that God really loves us 
or cares about us or even accepts us the way we are. And folks, that's an issue of faith. And so we need to ask God to give us more faith. And that will take care of a lot of our worries. Dr. Tom Long tells about a well-known theologian who once confessed that he was plagued many nights by a terrible dream. He dreamed that, that uh, he was traveling some, to some distant city and he ran into someone with whom he attended high school. And in this bad dreams, the, the person would say, Henry, I haven't seen you in years. What have you done with your life? But the question always felt like a judgment to Henry. He'd done some good things. But there also had been some struggles. And when that old schoolmate in his dream would say, what have you done with your life? He wouldn't know what to say. He, he didn't know how to account for his life. But then one night he had another dream. He dreamed he died and went to heaven. And he was waiting outside of the throne room of God, waiting to stand before God Almighty. And he shivered with fear. He just knew that God would be surrounded with fire and smoke and would speak with a deep, booming voice saying, Henry, what have you done with your life? But then in the dream, when the door to God's throne room finally opened, the room was filled not with fire and smoke, but with a beautiful light. And from the room, he could hear the voice of God speaking to him, not in a thunderous voice, but with a gentle voice, saying, Henry, it's good to see you. I hear you had a rough trip but I'd love to see your slides. You know, I believe that's how God will greet each of us as we approach the throne of heaven. It's good to see you. I hear you had a rough trip, but I'd love to see your slides. My friends, do you have a troubled heart this morning? Then do this. Ask God for a new perspective about your life. Ask God to give you patience so that you're not constantly, constantly living in dread of things that may never even occur. And finally, ask God for the greatest gift that God could give to you. And that's the gift of faith. Do not let your hearts be troubled, said Jesus. You believe in God? Do you really? And Jesus said, believe also in me. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Spirit of God today as we sing together our closing hymn, number 412. My faith has found a resting place. There may be someone here today who has a troubled heart. Maybe you're struggling with some issues in your life and you need this faith that I've been talking about and you need to ask God for a new perspective in life, for some patience to deal with the troubles that may or may not be plaguing your life and to ask God especially for the kind of faith that you need to put your life in God's hands and trust in God explicitly knowing that God does love you and God's going to give you whatever you need. God's going to take care of you. We have that commitment. If you have that troubled heart today and need to find that peace that you can find in, in that relationship with God, then we invite you to come and to, to ask God for that faith that you need. Perhaps you're looking for a church home and would like to unite with Community Baptist Church today. We invite you to come and unite with our church and become a part of our fellowship as we seek to be a part of the kingdom of God and, and to minister in God's name and to fellowship together and to, and to share the love of Christ with one another and with the world who, who needs them, needs Christ. Or perhaps you just need a time of prayer.
maybe the struggles that you're facing do seem overwhelming. You know what? Prayer helps that. We invite you to come and let's pray. If God's dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you to come as we sing 412. My faith has found a resting place. Would you come? for just a moment. Would you come and stand next to me, Velda, for just a moment? <laughs> I'd like to present to you uh, Velda Minton, who has uh, come to unite with our church. She wants to transfer her membership to Community Baptist Church. Uh, she knows a lot of you already, I understand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you still want to come in? Yeah. <laughs> I came while you wrote the I know. I heard that you oh, came. So we're, we're glad that you are with us, and we're glad that you want to be a part of us, and, we, and we're grateful for that. And we're grateful to, to have you as a part of our family. And I'd like to ask if all of you, if you would uh, join me in, in uh, accepting Velda into our congregation and celebrating that by raising your hand and saying amen. 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 Uh, we are so happy for this. And uh, here's something that you don't know because you've never been here when, I, when we've had a new member that I've, that I've been here and here's something that I tell every person who joins this church. You know it. You've heard it many, many times. Every member of this church is a minister of Christ. And so that means that we are looking forward to the days ahead ministering to you. And we're also looking forward in the days ahead for your ministry to each of us. Because we are all family. And we take care of each other here. And we welcome you to our family. I know that you'll want to come and uh, share the fellowship of Christ with Velda and welcome her officially uh, to our congregation. And, uh, and we invite you to do that and come and extend the right hand of Christian fellowship to her. Actually, I'll ask you, if you would, to walk with me down there after the service. And okay. they'll shake your hands down there. You. you can hang on to Yeah, we sure, sure can. Let's stand for our benediction. Let us go from here with the good knowledge that we are God's chosen people. We are God's royal priesthood. We are God's holy nation, God's own people. And so let us go in confidence and in joy. Let us go proclaiming the mighty acts of the one who called us out of darkness and into the marvelous light of God's spirit. And let us go with the new hope for the life that God has for us both now and forevermore. Amen. Come on. Oh, the other arm. Oh, the-